It's Tuesday, November 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris L. Joining me in studio today from Molly Full Funds, Bill Mann and Bill Barker. Thanks for being here, guys. Good to see you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Should we dial that up just a little bit? <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. Oh, so usually we're, we're, be we're, like a happy Tuesday. Uh, that's, how, that's, that's the usual intro. Hello, uh, Chris. You know, it's, uh, it's a pretty You're good You're mixing Tuesday. it up today. I'm mixing it up. You know who it's not a happy Tuesday for? Urban Outfitters Ooh. and anyone who owns that stock, which we will talk about shortly. Um, but we've also got some big retail earnings from Home Depot and Walmart. Let's start with Walmart. Um, third quarter profit, higher than expected. And I'll just start with you, Bill Mann. I said when this earnings season began that the thing I was the most interested in was the guidance that companies gave for the holiday quarter. Yeah. And Walmart, pretty, pretty upbeat for the holiday quarter. I have been a long time uh, believer in Walmart, and I kind of jumped off that train a couple of months ago, and I'm now back on that train. And it's not because of the earnings report. It's not even anything that Walmart has done. It was the announcement that Amazon is going to open a retail store. That tells you that the just online channel is has its limitations. That is signaling that they feel like they have to grow also giving people choice. In this country now, about 92% of, of retail sales are still done in stores. It sounds like people are, you know, it sounds like bricks and mortar are going away, but they aren't. And there is no business that is better situated for that than, than Walmart. And the other thing that Walmart's done, they've got $15 billion right now in online sales. And they've just hired a couple thousand people South of San Francisco, and they're trying to figure out and make their online sales channel better. And so, four hundred eighty-five billion dollars in sales, fifteen billion in online, and they're going to figure it out. They got plenty of money to figure it out. Um, Doug McMillan, the CEO, seems like he, I think he's done a pretty good job of setting expectations, not just for the holiday quarter, but for all of twenty sixteen. Yeah. So, I mean. We talk about expectations, and obviously, it's great yep. to it's great to have low expectations and then beat them. And I feel like McMillan's done a, a good job of. I, I, and so you're well, saying not even sandbag. I'm not <laughs> even saying he's sandbag. Well, I I what do you mean by he's done a good job setting expectations? Because the stock is very close to a you know 52 week low. So in his work in giving people like a 10 year low. Actually. I, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not necessarily yeah. disagreeing, but in his work of resetting expectations the market has decided i know what we need to do sell the stock yeah so the a lot of investors perhaps would like the expectations to be set in a way if they were already shareholders where yeah. selling the stock was not the response you know what now, but but i think he has given the, the information, particularly in the the meeting i think uh, back in, in october where the stock just got clobbered I don't know. It went from sixty six dollars a share to sixty, and it's back at sixty today after a good report uh, of, of detailing just how much the impact of the increase in in wages uh, for the employees was going to affect pro- profits. Now, I think there had been some mistranslation prior to that as to what it was going to cost the company, and and so he did the numbers, and analysts were 
say, oh, I, I get it. Now that you've there's done more, the math. Yeah. There's uh, more commas in that than I thought there were going to be. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was a, a fair way uh, to get the, the message across, but it came out in a way where the stock got clobbered in one day. And, you know, that happens with stocks. You know what's so funny with companies and with stocks? And, 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 and I've really been thinking about this a lot. Where do stock gains come from? And a lot of times it's when the narrative changes. And for years, Walmart has been a loser stock, right? It seemed like a loser company. And I think that that narrative's about to flip. I really do. Yeah, I think with Macmillan, I think, look, there are times when a CEO will come out and any analysis we do of what CEO X has to say about that particular business's prospects, you can look at that on occasion and go, ah, I really feel like they're they're looking for all the silver linings they can find. Right. In the case of Doug right. McMillan, I got a tin lining and I'm pulling it out. Right, <laughs> and I think in the case of Doug McMillan, he really gave. I think he went a couple of steps beyond what he could have been, and I'm sure that he had at least one lieutenant who was saying, "Look, put a little bit of sugar on top of this," yeah. and he came out and just said, "No." This is what the pain is going to be. This is what the impact is going to be in terms of the wages, and this is what the impact is going to be of these investments that we're making in online. And yeah. you know what? The next year and a half or so, it's not going to look that good. But we feel like we're setting ourselves yeah. up. Do for a you suppose because wages have because wage pressure has come from political venues rather than something within the company, the companies get a little bit of a pass, or that the managers do? I don't. Do you think it's it's as much political pressure as just uh, you know having to remain competitive. I mean, I think there is some wage inflation going on. Once in yeah. unemployment gets below six percent, no, I, you've got to pay up more. I totally agree, but I think that I, I think that the political environment right now may give them a little more cover. I think it's set. It set the stage, yeah, right? It set the bar, and then, then you know, yeah. once wages started to go toward fifteen dollars in, in some cities and. Uh, that 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 became a benchmark that that others had to respond to. I think that's true. Yeah. Let's move on to Home Depot. Third quarter profits came in higher than expected. Same store sales came in higher than expected. Selling lots of wrenches and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, comps up both in the U.S. and globally. This is it's a special company. Housing. They, they yeah. are really they are really getting it done. Yeah. How, well, housing. That's. Obviously, the the starting point. How is housing doing? Home Depot isn't going to diverge that much one way or another when housing is going dramatically in in one direction or the other. And housing's doing better, and Home Depot is leading you know the competition in that regard and in supplying uh, for people who are redoing. Is there a lot of reconstruction or you know ad building going on in your neighborhood? There's a lot of knocking down. Not knocking down. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going a lot. on in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, another interesting thing, and and I think Home Depot has it, it's it's another one of those companies that when you try to think of of comps against Home Depot, you could say Lowe's, but Lowe's doesn't have the same level of general contractor credibility that you know that that Home Depot does. It is. 
it has become the default. And it had some huge missteps in the early 2000s when they, they got rid of a lot of their really competent floor workers and, you know, the Nardelli years for them. I was just going to say, grim. they also I eventually was, got rid of an incompetent CEO. That's right. I, I, was, I, was going to, uh, I was going to criticize by category, but it's so much more interesting to say that Nardelli blew it, right? But, uh, yeah, they're back. They're back rolling. And really the company that could, that could most get in the way of Home Depot is actually just Home Depot. I, I think uh, they're off. They're they're doing great as they normally do, and uh, I think housing. You know, when Walmart and Home Depot are coming out with good numbers, that's a reasonably good proxy for how how is the economy doing? Yeah, right. I mean, if housing's doing well. Yeah. So Walmart is probably affected to some degree in in the the apparel category. The way. When we're about to get to it, uh, some strictly apparel companies have just been obliterated in, in the last over the last quarter, and that's got a lot to do. It's got a lot to do with many things, including the weather. That's not the same uh, thing that, that that Home Depot's got to suffer through the weather, uh, or, or hasn't so far. They do have weather-related categories, and yeah. but you know, if Home Depot misses a couple of weeks because of weather uh, that's that doesn't become the same inventory problem for it that not for sure you no. know that that the apparel uh, manufacturers yeah. and, and retailers have yeah third quarter same store sales for urban outfitters came in lower than expected revenue was well below expectations but you know what's going to turn all that around Buying a pizza round pies (laughs) that's what Urban Outfitters has done. Apparently, because they're crushing it so much in apparel retail, they went out and bought Pizzeria Vetri, a small pizza chain based in Philadelphia, just like Urban Outfitters. Although, as you pointed out in an email to me, Bill, uh, they also have one location that's conveniently located in Texas. Yes, Vetri, Italian for lighting money on fire. Well, I I think that the pizza. Place is not uh, a bad a bad pizza place. I don't know why they're they're <laughs> they're not lighting money on fire. The question is: so they came out with the, the announcement of the acquisition yesterday, either before or during market hours. Stock was hit seven or eight percent, and then came out with the earnings report after hours, and stocks down. I don't know another twelve percent. It's at a six year low today. Yeah, yeah, and people can't figure out whether they can combine retail and and food in one place, or is this how they're going to do it? Are they they putting these things close to each other? What are they doing? Nobody really understands. Meanwhile, uh, Urban Outfitters is telling you that November has gotten off to a worse start than the end of last quarter. So, although the quarter reported itself was not disastrous, it it's indicating that the additional pressure is They coming. threw out a whole lot of question marks and I think yeah. that and and I actually agree with you. That now we've owned this in in one of the funds. Yeah. No longer do uh because it it bounces around a lot and really wasn't sort of compounding wealth it was just visiting different prices. Yeah. And and so we, we got out of it when a good time to sell. Yeah, we didn't think that the uh, we we didn't think that the risk and reward uh, justified the price where it was when we when when we sold it, and um, that was pre pizza. Uh, you know, I think that the big <laughs> issue right now is 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 their stores are obviously not doing well. So why in the world would this be a great time for them to? Double down on a concept that is so far outside of what they're doing. Like you, you're kind of bad at what you're doing, or you seem like right. you're bad at what you're doing. Why go be bad at something else? 
also. Something else which is Con- which Entirely no different. one thinks is a slam dunk. Like it's not like the restaurant business is a particularly easy one to succeed that's, at. It really feels and like that's yeah. why, and I wrote this on Twitter, this reeks of hubris. This is just this is <laughs> it, quickster level dumb yeah. and it reeks of hubris. To me it reeks of a vanity project for some executive. That's just I, I, it. I, I, yeah. yeah, and that's probably Richard Hayne, well, the they, founder and CEO. Probably. They have worked together. <laughs> that's a good choice. Before they, the acquisition. Yeah. And they, they, all right, the reason that they've got this, they, the pizza place, Vetri, has got this uh, location in Austin is because it's part of a new concept that Urban Outfitters uh, started. I think Called they, Italian food? What? I don't know. It's, uh, it's yeah. some weird name, and it's got an Urban Outfitters, and it's got a you know, pizza place and it's got a burger place and, and you're and then it's got a, like a place where you can listen to music or something and they're, they're combining all this into some experience. What was the retail place in Georgetown back in the day that had, it was a store but it also had a restaurant in it? Oh, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, this is not on the all-time list of no. weird no. acquisitions. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty dumb. And well, but there are there are restaurants in retail places like you know if you go into Bloomingdale's or Macy's or so they've got a restaurant like the Nordstrom in there. Cafe, Nordstrom, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's this is not some completely untested concept, uh, even if they do combine them. I mean, you could, I'm not but, but I'm not. I'm not fabrics. saying that I wouldn't sell on the basis of this, <laughs> just not being able to figure out how this plays out. But this is not. Yeah, no, it's not. This like, is not like. Coca-Cola acquiring Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fish or, a fish oil company deciding that it was going to be become a uh and a a a web an internet player. An e- internet player. eBay yeah. buying Skype. Oh, I always forget about eBay buying <laughs> Skype. <laughs> okay, yes, it's not eBay buying Skype, but it's It's, it's not that bad. It's further down the list. Yes. But yeah, okay, fair point. Um, a lot of questions about the uh, the company, and I think it, the, probably one of the most damaging things was just indicating, you know, and, and I looked at some of the conference call, and really they are taking some of the blame. They're not blaming the weather. Uh, they're more saying that the, we've, you know, our our fashions are are old or tired. You know, we gotta we gotta have some new stuff. We had talked recently. You had mentioned recently on this podcast. Not just your love of coffee, but your the fact that every six months or so, a new study seems to appear. And like magic, this morning comes the news. <laughs> and let me read the headline from CNN.com, which really says it all. Coffee could literally be a lifesaver. And this is a study from... Uh, Harvard Community College. Uh, no, this, this, is from, this is from Harvard. And... Uh, there's so many wonderful things for coffee addicts like the three of us first, in this I'm report. Take a sip of coffee right now. Possibly yeah. the first quality work out of Harvard in a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, this is news only to those that haven't read the 50 previous studies uh, indicating that coffee is the key to immortality. And I, I think one of the most important happy immortality. One of the most important findings of this, and something that people need to look at, is the researchers found uh, that the participants who drank at least a cup of coffee a day had between twenty percent and thirty percent, thirty-six percent lower rates of suicide, and those who drank less than a cup had thirty-six percent higher rates. So really. 
people out there who are not drinking at least a cup of coffee a risk. day You're are at risk. risk. You need to take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. We care. We care. We do. On this show, we're we're all about getting the word out on coffee all as, 17, as, as frequently yeah. as possible. All 17 listeners, <laughs> get out right now, have some coffee. What are you holding there? We, this, need, we need you. This, this gives me the opportunity to... Uh, Read a note, and I, we love the emails. Marketfullreadfull.com, but um, got an actual little box in the mail. People send you things. Well, this is to both you and me, and we'll we'll share. I've it. never been sent anything. We'll share it with our our friend Bill Mann. But uh, opened up this little box, and there was a handwritten note. Hi, Chris and Bill. I'm an avid listener to all of the full podcasts, and really appreciate all the perspectives you get from the team there. Can you do me a favor, though? And this next line is in all caps. Stop drinking crap coffee. The craft coffee <laughs> movement is gaining some serious steam and very similar to the craft beer movement. It won't be long until Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts start feeling the effects. My father and I started Tampa Coffee Club to let people know that there is great coffee being roasted right in your own community, give these a spin, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Sincerely, it Le- is Leon McIntosh, and we got a box here from TampaCoffeeClub.com. Let me say that URL again because for all the love we give Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, they've never they've never shown us the love back. So hey, I'm going to nothing. I'm going to say that this episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by. Tampa Coffee Club. That's TampaCoffeeClub.com. Locally roasted, freshness delivered. While I appreciate the advice or uh, mandate that that I should stop drinking, it was a request. Crap coffee. I simply don't have enough income to drink craft coffee. All the at, at the amounts because I'm taking these studies seriously and i if five <laughs> cups of coffee is good for there's no telling what 15 could do for you because that's there are only so many of us that can be tested for that right but if the researcher researchers out there need somebody for their study of what happens when you drink 15 cups of coffee a day i i and perhaps a couple of others in the office can help you out with with some volunteers and but at craft coffee I'm guessing prices that would add up. Well, you know what? I, I think you need to go to TampaCoffeeClub.com <laughs> and check out some of the uh, the options well, uh, because uh, throwing the, that around. I mean, yeah, you're just holding. We, we've, your we've got a few. We've got a few in here. We'll uh, we're we're not going to like grind them up and and this roast is chew them. on one. Yeah, we're not going to chew on one. Here's what we are going to chew on, and then we're going to wrap up. We probably should have warned listeners. That that we were on the program that, today. Yeah, I guess they you knew did the warn them. Did you warn them on Twitter? On Twitter, right? Uh, but uh, Bill Mann just got back from Japan, and uh, I, I hold this up for the cameras for the three people who would watch the video. You're all um, about product placement today. This is uh, Pringles from Japan. All of the writing is you know completely foreign to me, but the picture when when you handed this to me, I said that kind of looks like eggs Benedict. And you said, "Eggs a Benedict." That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Now there were a couple other options. While I open this up, share share what what the other options were that you the, were looking at for Pringles. the other the other options were nugget sauce, okay, which was uh, it inspired by uh, McDonald's. How is it? I'm going to hand that to you. And American cheeseburger. Yet? American cheeseburger yeah. sounds intriguing. Wow, this actually does taste like Eggs Benedict, but with a much better consistency. I'm not a fan of Eggs Benedict just because it's a little too 
Yeah. Benedicti. Yeah. A little too Benedicti. This is nice. Barker did the right thing. Yeah, he took a fistful, so yeah. that was good. You can't eat just one. That is lovely. And that that's much better than I would have expected. That is lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? We're we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna roast up some of this coffee. Got it. Got it. something's got to go with Pringles. Yeah, it does. And you know what? This holiday season, take the work out of holiday gift giving. <laughs> Visit TampaCoffeeClub.com no, today. Just... Send that special someone a coffee you're gift box. You're just fishing that for is... people to send no, you not. stuff. No, I'm not. No, I'm thanking Leon Paul... McIntosh and his dad for sending coffee. That was that was real Paul nice Harvey esque. Thank you. That was well done. You know what? We'll close with a plug for you guys. Fullfunds.com. <laughs> Sign up for declarations. The free monthly newsletter from Bill Mann, Bill Barker, and the entire Fool Funds team. That's Fullfunds.com. Thanks for being here, guys. Glad Thank to you. See you, man. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.